and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. What a great opportunity we have. I love that we've had this, this um, we've got this extended break, four days most people have got, to, um, to just stop and to reflect on what this season is all about. Um, you know, we only get a few times in the year where we can come and stop and think about, um, I mean, as society, um, about, you know, really what this nation was formed on, um, which is Christ. And, you know, obviously Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus, but Today, um, for a Good Friday, it was about the death of Jesus, and today is about his resurrection. And, uh, you know, I love, I love Good Friday because it reminds me of why Jesus died. And, you know, in Isaiah 53, I think that'll come up on the screen. It says, surely he took up, he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our inequities and punished for the punishment that brought us peace was on him and he, by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflict, afflicted Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of many people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was deceit in his mouth yet the lord crushed him and caused and caught, uh, sorry yet it was the lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer and though the lord makes his life an offering for sin he will see his offspring prolong his days and the will of the lord will prosper in his hand i love that it reminds us of the price that jesus paid for us and that you know we we are not here by chance we're not here by accident, that actually God had paved a way for us to be able to come to Him. And I love that about Good Friday, but then coming into Easter Sunday, I love the fact that it reminds me that there's life in God. There's, God is a life-giving God, that He's a God that takes dead things and turns them back to life. And, you know, Jesus was physically dead, on that, like, on that cross, he did die, but he did rise again. And that makes all the difference on, on this day because it tells us a few things. One, it tells us that Jesus is God. Do you realise that every miracle that Jesus did while he walked the earth, somebody else had done? When you would go through the scriptures, you see uh, you know, for instance, let's take this for instance. Jesus was a great teacher, right? But Moses was the one that brought the first five books of the Bible and the Ten Commandments. So that 
we see that there was already somebody that had gone before him. And then if we look at in um, 1 Kings 17, we see Jesus feeds 5,000 people in, in the New Testament, but Elijah provided for the widow with the oil. We see that um, Jesus healed the sick, but Elijah healed Naaman in 2 Kings. We see Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and the widow's son. But Elijah and, uh, and Elisha raised people from the dead. So we see that all these miracles that Jesus did on their own do not prove his divinity. They didn't prove that he was the Christ, the Messiah. The one thing that did prove Jesus was the Christ and he was the Messiah and that he was God was the fact that he was resurrected from the dead and never died again. It's, he's the only man that has ever died, been resurrected, and was never to die again. Even ascending to heaven um, wasn't unique, right? Because Why? Because Elijah and, and Enoch were both taken to heaven. They never died, but they, they never died and went to heaven. They never were resurrected. So even when Jesus resuscitated Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus died again, but Jesus never, ever died again. And that proves his divinity. That is what our faith is built on, is the very fact that there is life in Christ. That it was, there is life in God. That God is a life-giving God and his church should be a life-giving church. That's, that's what makes all the difference in this religion compared to every other religion in the world. That we have a God that is not dead. He is alive. He, he ascended to heaven, He died, He rose again and He ascended to heaven to live at the right hand of the Father forevermore. And that makes our God powerful because He can give life to dead things. And I wonder what in our world may feel like it's dead right now and we've been struggling with the fact that we can't get the breakthrough or we can't see the breakthrough but you need to be reminded that you serve a God and you follow a God and you love a God and you've trusted a God and you've given your life to a God that has the ability to bring dead things back to life. I love when, when uh, in John, John 20, let's go to John 20 verse one. And this is the account of, of the empty tomb. We'll read a bit of scripture and we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where he is or where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started to the tomb. Both were running but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the stripes of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb and he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first, or the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw and believed. 
And they still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Jesus had to rise from the dead. Why did Jesus have to rise from the dead? Or as we just saw in Isaiah, he died on our behalf to bring freedom, forgiveness, healing, salvation to mankind. Jesus had to die because only he could do what we could not do for ourselves, which was make a way back to the Father. We were unable, even through the law, to attain our place in heaven because the law itself convicted, it showed us that we had sin, but it didn't give us a pathway out of it. It didn't, it didn't give us freedom from it. But when Christ came, he gave us freedom from sin. He gave us a pathway to heaven through Christ, through him to the Father. We once again had unlimited access to heaven and our Father in heaven because of what Jesus did. Jesus' death made us right with God. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Righteous, basic understanding of righteousness is right standing with God. That Jesus dying on the cross made us, it put us in the right place with God. Somewhere that we could not get on our own accord. We could not get there by ourselves and our own ability. If we could have, we would have, but we couldn't. So we needed someone else. And that's why God sent Jesus, because He was the only one that could get us justified before Him. In Romans 4.25, it says, He was delivered over to, to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That he, God just, we were justified before God because of what Jesus did for us. Every, all the law that was against us was answered and settled in one action, which was Jesus dying on the cross and being raised again. And that's amazing that God has done that for us. Jesus' death justified us before God, fulfilling all the requirements of the law. And now we are able to stand here completely forgiven. Have you ever wondered why Jesus had to rise from the dead? Because it said he had to rise from the dead. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> so the Bible tells us that he had to, right? He had to rise from the dead. There was no other way but for that to happen. In John 20 verse 9 it says, they still did not understand from Scripture that he had to rise from the dead. One of the reasons he had to rise from the dead was because, one, Jesus had promised it. Jesus had said that he would. Isaiah had said that this would take place. In Isaiah 53.10, it says, When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offering uh, he shall see his off offspring and he shall prolong his days. This was a, a prophecy to, 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 to highlight the resurrection of Christ, that, that he had to be raised from the dead. In uh, Matthew 16, 21, Jesus is talking, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to, his, explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus had promised himself 
to us that he would rise again. He had told them time and time again that he would rise again. Three days from the day he died, he would rise again. So he had to, that was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? He did not lie. Jesus did not lie. He could not lie. He was God. Although he was fully man, he also was fully God. And he, and he said, I will rise again. Another reason he had to be raised from the dead like I said before, was to prove his divinity. None of, the, none of the miracles Jesus did on themselves proved that, like I said earlier. But it was the final piece of the puzzle that we needed. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then God who wasn't who he was making himself out to be. Jesus was a liar. But yet we see that he was raised from the dead and it was that final piece of the puzzle so Jesus is the only person to ever be raised from the dead and never die again if you think about why Jesus had to die on the cross the way he did right, there could have been many other ways he could have died right like he could have just been shot in the head with an arrow could have been poisoned. There was lots of different ways God could have allowed that to happen, but why did he have to die on the cross? What is that all about? Why was it the cross that he had to die on? I think the reason he died on the cross was because it was the most horrific way to die. Jesus came and he experienced everything human, human could, a human could experience other than sin. But he experienced, he, he, he experienced all the temptation that man had experienced. And even in his death, he had, he had to experience the most horrific death. Now, crucifixion has been outlawed in nearly every country. It started with the Persians and, and the Romans adopted it into their, into their practices. But, but it's been outlawed by all of pretty much every country in the world because of how horrific it is, how horrible a way, to, how horrible it is to die that way. It's one of the worst ways you could die. And, and so here's Jesus dying on a cross and I think God allowed him to die on the cross because it was the most horrific way to die. There was no worse way to die. And, and so he had to go through that because he had to experience that on our behalf. So that we would have a God that has been fully man and has been fully tempted and has been fully exposed to the humanity and, and yet still did not sin and died on our behalf. I think that says a lot to us about the kind of God that we have. The very fact that Jesus knows and has experienced what it is to be human. He understands our pain. He understands the temptations. He understands the suffering. He understands the struggles that we face because He went through these things in His life. He experienced the worst of humanity. When He was on that cross, all of the, the, the sin and sickness of the world came upon Him. He took all of it upon himself and it died with him on the cross so that we could have freedom and healing and deliverance and salvation. Because we have a God that calls dead things back to life. 
Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. I love that word empathise, empathy. So he didn't say we have a high priest that does not sympathise with us. Because sympathy is to say, I feel sorry for you. I feel for you. But empathy is different because empathy says, I feel with you. And the only way Jesus could have felt with us is by the very fact that He is experiencing what we're going through. He understands because He's been there. No matter what you're facing right now, whether it be a sickness, a struggle, a problem, you you may feel lonely, you may feel like nobody understands, but you can be assured of this, that Jesus does understand because He's been there before you. He understands that sickness. He understands that pain. He understands that depression, that anxiety. He understands that wound that's inside of you. Nobody else can see it, but He can see it. And He understands it. Why? Because He has carried that same burden on the cross. He understands where you're at. He understands what you're going through. And He understands how to take that situation and turn it around for good. He understands how to throw, take something that you feel is dead in your life. It may be a dream or a desire. It could be the call of God that you've never pursued. It could be anything, but you know you feel like it's gone. You feel like it's done with. And God knows how to bring life back to that thing because He is the God that rose Jesus from the grave. And it tells us in Ephesians That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is here today on your behalf to raise dead things back to life. You know, another thing Jesus' resurrection does is it gives us hope. It gives us hope. His resurrection answers the final question that fills some of us with hope and faith while others with dread and fear. What next? What happens after I die? Is there an afterlife? Is there somewhere that we go. For some people, they're filled with hope thinking about that. Terry, Terry's filled with hope thinking about that. (laughs) He's looking forward to the day he can go be with Jesus. Keep telling him he's not out to leave yet. (laughs) Other people, it fills them with dread and complete fear. The question of eternity, is there anything after I die? Well, Jesus' resurrection answers that question because he died, he rose again, never died again and ascended to heaven, which tells us that there is an afterlife. It tells us there is a heaven that we can journey to. There is a place that we can go. Is there...
In John 14, 23, or 2 to 3, it says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So once again, we see that Jesus' promise is to prepare a place for us after we die. He was going ahead of us to prepare the place where he would come back and take us to, which tells me that Jesus can't lie, so there must be an afterlife. There must be somewhere where God is taking us to as we come in to that place of salvation in our heart with Jesus to receive Him as our Lord and Saviour. That there is true meaning to that decision that gives you eternal life, that gives us eternity. And it's only given to those who are saved. Nobody else, if you don't have Christ in your life, if you have not asked him into your life, there is no heaven for that person. But if you have asked Jesus to come into your life, if you've received him as your personal Lord and Saviour, then this promise is alive and living really well for you. It's there for those that don't know him. But the access, the key to the door is receiving Jesus. The key to the door is salvation. And that's why his resurrection done for us. It gave us hope where there was no hope. Which tells me even in our own world where we are feeling hopeless, God can give you hope. Where you are struggling and feeling like there's no way forward, God can give you hope for that way forward. God can bring faith into your life and help you overcome. Where the doctors have said this is impossible, God is saying, no, it's possible. I can give you hope. Let me give you hope. Because why? Because I am a God who calls dead things back to life. I'm a God that takes things that are not working and I make them work. I repair them. I restore them. I redeem them. I resurrect them. So how do I get to heaven? Romans 10, 9 to 10 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess, profess your faith and are saved. It almost seems too simple. Don't you reckon? It almost seems too simple. I just have to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. Is that it? It's sometimes you think it's not hard. The hardest part is believing. The battle's always in believing. Because you first must believe that God exists and that He is real. And that Jesus lived and he was risen from the dead. But it does seem like God makes things a lot more simpler than we make for ourselves. So we have all different ways we think we have to appease God. We come to him and 
got to do things a certain way. But God's saying, no, 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 what you need to do, start, this, starts, this starts the ball rolling in your world with Him. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved, that Jesus is Lord. Receive Him into your life as your Lord and Saviour. And you start on a journey that the ultimate ending point is heaven. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.